Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church Podcast. To find out more about our community, go to our website at BethlehemLutheran.net or find us on Facebook as Bethlehem Granada Hills. This podcast is from our Sunday worship on December 1st, 2019. We have for you a choral rendition of Jesus Child by John Rutter, followed by a sermon by Pastor Yuan Itu on Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1-5. through 5. You are welcome to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Enjoy our podcast.
Good morning, everyone. Today is the first Sunday of the Christian year, first Sunday of the church season of Advent. Advent is a time for looking ahead with hopeful expectation to Christmas Day and the birth of our Lord Jesus. We light a candle, one a Sunday, on the four Sundays of Advent leading up to Christmas, counting down. This year, we're exploring a slightly different Advent theme by asking, what can't wait? What can't wait any longer? What shouldn't wait? What are the things that God is doing now, calls us to do now, people need to have now, today? On this first Sunday of Advent, we hear that hope for a better tomorrow can't wait. Hope can't always be one step removed, waiting one more day and one more day and one more day for the day to be better. The better tomorrows start with today's actions. Now is the time to put down our swords and guns and hatreds because better tomorrows start today with each act of love and kindness. The better we want starts today with our love. Every year on the first Sunday of Advent, we read scripture about the end times. It's a funny way to start the Christmas Advent season, but it's about these final days that God will bring around when God will come with power to consume the world and Jesus will return for a second coming and the divine plan of salvation will have its grand, fantastic finale every year, the first Sunday of Advent. Our scripture readings do this to look ahead and help us to see that the coming of Jesus is a kind of an ending and a beginning, an ending of pain and sorrow and guilt and war and a beginning of something beautiful, something loving. Old Testament prophets spoke often of the day when God would come and show up with power and rescue his people and punish the evildoers, and bring peace and prosperity to the land. And it always seemed to be portrayed in terrible ways, locusts as big as horses riding down the evildoers. I have never seen that personally. But the days of the Lord didn't seem to be so grand when they actually showed up. When they actually, the fulfillment of the prophets came about, it always seemed so much more political, so much more human, so much more broken, less end times fantastical, no giant locusts. Instead, Assyrian conquering armors were conquered by some other people. And the Persian new rulers brought everybody back to Jerusalem by a change in policy. We don't believe in deportation. Instead, we're going to oppress you right where you're at. So you can just stay right there. So the Jews kept alive this big notion of a final grand day when all the things get resolved. One big fantastical spiritual resolution on the day of the Lord. And they kept that fantastic day alive in hope. To understand how the coming of Jesus impacts this Old Testament notion, this Jewish notion of the day of the Lord, you have to understand how Jesus impacts 
an idea of God in the Old Testament. How did people experience God back then? And how does Jesus change that? In the Old Testament, God was too big, too powerful to comprehend, too undefinably powerful to predict. God can do anything, and you can't tell God what to do. God's in charge. God can be wrathful, and God can be just. God can be loving, and God can be jealous. God can create with exactitude and complexity everything that is in the universe from atoms to galaxies. And God can destroy broadly and indiscriminately. God can do anything. And the difference that Jesus made to the life of God and the understanding of God is that in Jesus, God commits himself to mercy. I could have gone anyway, but this is the way that I'm doing it. God commits himself in Christ to forgiveness and restoration and kindness and love. The power of God could have gone any number of ways on the day of the Lord, but in Jesus... In Jesus, God says it's going to be kind. And this kind of threw everybody for a loop. This is the day of the Lord? Where's all the, all the giant grasshoppers and the angel armies and the, you know, the, the no more war stuff? The day of the Lord could have been anything terrible and fearful and wrathful with one being taken to heaven and another thrown to hell. But it wasn't so dramatic. In Jesus, God commits and defines the day of the Lord as simple acts of kindness and love, of thinking about, hey, how are you doing? How's it going with you? Tell me about it. How can I help? I know it doesn't solve everything. The little baby Jesus came. And there were still wars. In fact, at that very time when Jesus showed up, the king of the era, King Herod, sent armies out. Murders that very day. How can this be the day of the Lord? You've got to redefine how we expected God to do it how we wanted God to do it when God was going to come around and, you know, be on our side and take away all our problems and, and take away all our enemies, you got to throw that out. God can do anything. He could have done that. But that's not what God actually did. What God actually did, what he committed himself to, was humble service and a humble Christ committed himself to daily kindness and justice and love and mercy and not war. Never, ever war. The kindness and love and mercy of Jesus were a surprise to the people of Jesus' time who didn't know what to expect, but this, this humble, you know, one random act of kindness a day guy, it didn't... It didn't feel quite right. It, it, that's not what they expected. Today's gospel is set in a, in a context of the anxiety of that time, of not knowing what the day of the Lord will be kind or generous. 
the wonderful surprise, the unexpected gift that you and I and they have been given in the merciful and loving Christ is that it is not this violent conflict. It is not the taking down of some enemy. And you may have wanted all the problems to go away and you might have been willing to pay that price. But the surprise is that it's just a daily grind of love. One small act of kindness of making one small person's lonely or broken or hurting life just a little more comfortable, a little more loved. There's that that phrase, justice denied, uh, justice delayed is justice denied. As if there's an emergency that if we all got together, if we all voted for the same political party, if we all just joined the same union or the same church, then it would all be fixed. If we all just went at it all together with our human strength, then it would all be better. That's not what the day of the Lord was like in Jesus. It was a kind and suffering and daily love. And it surprised people. This Christmas and the time of Advent leading up to it is a time to enjoy God surprising you. Pay attention to the unexpected mercies. To all the ways that the world stays the world and the people you love stay the people you love. And that just gives you one more day to love on them. Pay attention to all the ways that the Lord has given you today and given today the loving person that you are. Be that unexpected kindness to somebody else. And I know it won't solve all the problems of the world. It won't make their life perfect. But it will give them the kindness that God wanted for them on that day. Look for that part of yourself that expects everything to go wrong and let God and his people surprise you with some love. Let and help God's great day of kindness break in with a simple act of love. Expect God to surprise you this Christmas and Advent and find a way to be God's love surprising somebody else each day. Because the person you're next to might not be able to wait till tomorrow for the love that you have today. This congregation, Bethlehem, is a congregation that knows simple acts of kindness and love. I've seen it again and again and again. This, this Advent, uh, this Christmas leading up to Christmas season, we are... Uh, a bold congregation in our generosity. We have uh, the, the, the angel tree where we're helping kids whose uh, parent or their parents are in prison. We're collecting socks, small acts of kindness that make a difference for Hope Gardens. Jill back there is again, thank you for uh, all, your, all your knit uh, scarves and hats and the money that we collect from that, it goes to uh, help the ELCA, and it goes all around the world. World Vision? It goes to World Vision. It still goes all around the world. And I want to point out another act of small kindness that didn't 
They didn't fix everything. They didn't make everything better, but it did make someone's life safer. One family's life just a little bit better in Mexico. Hannah, can I have you come up to tell us a little bit about the kindness that this congregation brought to Mexico? Good morning. The Tijuana mission trip is a trip that people attend from different churches to build houses for the people in need. This is my second year participating the Tijuana mission trip. I love to participate because I enjoy giving back to the community. When I do this, I feel happy and excited to be able to help out a family. I am so grateful that my mom lets me participate with her. Some other fun activities we do is go eat Chinese food in Mexico, go to the best Walmart ever, eat street tacos, and to top it off with entertainment at the border. When we get working on the houses, my favorite part is hammering. This is because I love the fulfillment of completing a task. When I go with people I know, such as Mary, Scott, my mom, Pastor Megan, and others, I feel like I have more memories to keep. When we finish the houses, Pastor Megan and Pastor Stephanie do a blessing ceremony. This is when we have communion and see the joy on the family's faces when we hand them the key to their new house. I would like to encourage everyone to come to the 2020 Tijuana Mission Trip that takes place in November. I guarantee you would have an amazingly good time. Thank you. You don't have to wait for some big, grand, solve-all-your-problems day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is here. And it's in Hannah, and it's in Jill, it's in Judy, it's inside all of us. When you bring just a little more love into this world. And I've seen you do it, and I know we can do it together. Amen.